Welcome to The Age of Plastic, a environmental podcast where we rage against plastic bags, refuse plastic straws and secretly scowl in the direction of plastic bottles. I'm Andrea Fox and as always I'll have an eco life hack, something different this episode and a guest on today's podcast. Uh, Remember first, if you haven't already, uh, during lockdown more people are actually finding this podcast and my mum is finally up to date with all the episodes so that's something to be proud of. If you are enjoying it please do like us on Apple Podcasts and leave a review best of all tell a friend uh, if you do want to get in touch with me age of plastic podcast on instagram also hello i am andrea fox on instagram andrea underscore fox on twitter or you can find me at my website i am andreafox.co.uk right today's guest then uh, we've spoken to lots of campaigners writers businesses and charities all on their own sustainable journey and today's guest is quite at the start of theirs Sam Theakston has set up the company Wise Sip. That's wise, like the opposite of what I am, and Sip, S-I-P. A company who make reusable products and want to spread the word about becoming plastic-free. They use plenty of alternatives from plastic, from glass to hemp. Find out exactly what Wise Sip is all about now and hear me discover how the hell cork is made. Here's Sam from Wise Sip. Um, hello, uh, through the magic of the internet, to Sam Theakston from YSIP. Hi there, Sam. Hello. Thank you very much for having me on. I'm really excited. Thank you so much for contacting me. Um, as people will have noticed, I'm sort of like ad hoc getting <laughs> getting the Age of Plastic podcast out at the moment. Uh, you contacted me on Instagram, Age of Plastic podcast. If you're not already following us, um, tell us, first off, I think you should just say, what exactly is YSIP? What are your products? Okay, so I'll quickly cover YSIP in general. So... YSIP is um, a brand which I've kind of created just to try and make a difference and make people a bit more aware of what, what plastic's doing, really. Mm. Um, I moved to where I am now in Tynemouth, um, which is one of the coasts of uh, Newcastle, and just was astounded by the wildlife and things. And upon that time as well, I started learning about, there was something that showed me that plastic was just not good for the environment. I, I think it was something I read, and the more I looked into it, the more I thought, you know what, I'm going to have difference here and we have to do something um, and that's basically what YSIP is we sell um, unique reusable products which we design ourselves um, and we pride, pride ourselves on designing them we think that's really important um, instead of just sort of uh, buying them from um, wherever and just putting our logo on them we, we like to make them from scratch and we know exactly what goes into them um, so yeah we found it tougher first making the company and understanding what eco-friendly materials that we needed to um, incorporate yeah. Um, but once I kind of got my head around that, and um, it's kind of grown, it's grown, and it seems to be getting some really good legs. And yeah, thanks for letting me get my message out on here. No, of course. And I should mention you are, a, I say fresh out of uni, that makes me sound like I'm 100 years old. But you're not not long since you were studying. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah. So um, yeah, when I left school, I went to Newcastle University um, and began studying mechanical engineering. I did three years there. Um, I've loved design for as, from as long as I can remember, like my parents telling me that I'm always messing about, like painting on the walls or drawing like uh, things to make or making things that just don't work. Um, that's changed now, we make things that work. Okay, good. <laughs> but yeah, when I left university, um, I'd got sort of the, the skills and for design and I, I loved it for, as I said, as long as I can remember and thought, right, um, I'm ready, what can I do? Almost. Yeah. Um, so I... I did begin a job um, and I'm still in that job now. Um, I work for another company um, and 
on my own sort of side, I, I really want to make a difference with with what I'm doing. So I'm kind of um, exploring what I can do personally. Amazing. Yeah, it's a bit, a bit like this podcast. It's like a uh, passion project, which I think is a horrible phrase. But I was like, yes, passion project. But it is, you know, and that's that's exactly what YSIP is. And I, I, I suppose when you say you, you make them your, yourselves, tell us about that process, because I feel I'm really interested in like, like you say, lots yeah. of companies are probably sticking a sticker on something and it's made somewhere else and they're a little bit removed from the process. So tell us about the process for you. Yeah, okay. So maybe a good one to talk about is our our new project. Um, so we started with reusable drinking straws and we're still there. We're exploring other projects in the background, um, which which we're really excited about as well. But at the moment, we're focusing on, on that market. Um, our new product is to do with uh, glass straws, but they've got a bit of a difference with them. And you're going to ask me a little bit about cork. And yeah. um, we've... we've we, really wanted to integrate cork into our new products. We, have, we know that it protects the glass. A lot of people do drop glass straws and they unfortunately break because glass is yeah. brittle. It is a good alternative to plastic, but uh, as, as you know, it does break if you drop it. Um, yes. So we've got that added cork um, to, to protect it. It's like a little rubber ring, isn't it, for your glass straw? Because I've got both. I've got metal and I've got glass at home. They're a little bit more fragile. Yeah, and so there's, there's that added bonus and also stops that um, noise against the taller drinking vessels, which is kind of kind of good as well. Um, so I thought, how can I get this um, into our products? And I got in touch with a guy in um, Portugal and he started talking to me about like, what cork's all about and things. And I was, I was amazed by like, how much of an eco-friendly material it is, like truly sustainable material. And I thought, that's great. Can I get this involved in, in my product just to, to, to kind of almost support it? supports nature actively by supporting cork and um, so it was great meeting him talking to him and then yeah that's that's where our new product's going out and we're going to be launching that hopefully next week amazing when uh, this well you'll be listening to this i think then when when uh, the product is available so there we go yeah um i read on your website as well that uh you use sustainable cork from living trees so how does that work yeah, so that's the that's why cork's so good, really. Um, it's sustainably harvested from, it's, as you say, from living cork trees. They literally pull the bark off, and um, they it goes through a ton of processes to to basically make it into what shape you want. Wow. Um, but it's it's recyclable. Um, in some cases, if it's natural, it's biodegradable, um, and also it actually actively supports nature. So some of the really some of the endangered species in in the world, I think, like you've got. Uh, imperial eagle the barbary deer and things that live in cork oak forests and by actively using cork you're supporting these um as long as the cork is sustainably harvested you're supporting the wildlife and so we really we thought that was a a really cool to be a part of which is why we really wanted to get it integrated into our product i honestly didn't know that like i knew that um i think the word i I was looking at it earlier because i knew we'd be talking about this i think as of last year, Portugal supplied something like 60% of the world's cork. And I think it's got 34% yeah. of their forests. But I honestly just thought, well, they cut them down and they grow more cork trees. No, absolutely not. So wow. 25 years, when a, when a tree grows 25 years, you can begin to take the cork off. And I think it's the third harvest of cork when it starts to become things like, you know, your wines, your, your cork stoppers and your wines and, and also our, our uh, cork on our product here as well. Wow. Um, and then it goes on and on like you can go nine years again nine years again um i think the oldest tree in the world is something like it was planted in 1783 something ridiculous like that so the stories it could tell exactly <laughs> um that's that is amazing as well and i just think um there's there's also the brilliant thing like you were saying about recycling when it comes to cork i think it's recalled you probably know recorked in the uk yeah 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 
you can because it's a natural material if you can if you check with your local recycling um and they don't take it you can send it to them and it'll get repurposed exactly brilliant. it can be used again and again so yeah it's it's really good material i think there's the people making like cork shoes and all sorts out of it i think recork in america they make their own cork shoes oh wow which is really cool i hope they look like vija trainers rather than crocs although no shade yeah, I think that's true. I think VG is going to look better than Crocs. Yeah, yeah. Crocs are best left as Crocs, I think, and <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe leave it at that. Yeah, leave, leave it to the chefs. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say as well, because of your background and everything you've studied, and obviously you're literally involved in manufacturing a product. Why do you think we are so obsessed with plastic? It's a good question, and I'm pleased you asked me it. Um, Within within uh, design from start to finish, the reason I think that we're so obsessed with plastic is because, unfortunately, it is a fantastic material. And I know that there are going to be your listeners that are going to be like, oh, I, I don't like this guy, which I, <laughs> well, please hear me out. No, no, we're very open. Please, please hear me out. Plastic, unfortunately, is a great material. It's um, It can be made to be weatherproof, chemical resistant, which means that it can be used in food. Um, it's strong and durable. You can throw it about. You can bounce it off walls. You can drop it off the floor. Um, I think that's how it was sold originally. It was made in plates. And then they, they told everyone that you can just drop your plate on the floor and it doesn't break. And yeah, it, it comes back to it just being, it can be molded into shape as well. Crucially, it can be molded into really complex shapes. That's why probably the phone you're holding, some of the lots your microphone, the laptop that I'm using now has been molded into really complex shapes. That you just, you can't get out of, out of metals in some cases. Yeah. Um, but obviously there's one major drawback and because, it can't be broken down by wind fire well you can be broken down by fire but it just pollutes the air mm. it's um it's really it's really cheap but there's one major drawback is it can't be um, broken down by nature and that was some of the stuff i started learning about um the effects that when plastic does reach the ocean the like, the huge effects that it has on the sea and obviously living so close to the coast as well you, like you can see you know that i think it's something like a million seabirds every year unfortunately like they die at the hands of plastic and you can see them like I just walk down 10 minutes down the road and they're there mm. and it's it's yeah it's time to make a time to make a bit of a change to minimize our plastic use I believe. yeah it's difficult and i think you're right like since the 1950s it seems like we just produce more and more plastic and there's loads of great stats out there the one that always sticks with me is that we've made more plastic in like the last decade than we did the decade before even though you think there's more um awareness about it and your website as well says i think it's 12.7 million tons of plastic ends up in the ocean every year and i think just last week the guardian was saying there's probably more plastic in the oceans than we're aware of so it's yeah i think it's 4.8 to 12.7 somewhere like that and if it's more then yeah, yeah. And, and i remember researching as well it's not just it's it's not just sort of mammals now it's or it, it just it, in fact they've worked out it's not mammals it's uh, it goes down to sort of bacteria so there's bacteria in the ocean that is responsible for up to 10 percent of the oxygen we breathe and it's actually within their cell walls. So microscopic plastic within bacteria. It's, yeah, it's getting, it's, it's, well, it's not getting to a problem, it's a problem. It's a little bit scary, isn't it? And we're obviously speaking via the internet because of COVID-19. And I really keep hoping that maybe we'll get back to not normality, like something that's slightly better than that. But um, what's your kind of thinking on, obviously we have to use plastic at the moment and things like PPE, but what's your thinking on some of the, confusion for consumers around like biodegradable and compostable and all of that kind of thing do you think that's like helpful or do you think we're just miles away from something that looks like plastic that could replace plastic but biodegrade yeah i think everything i think with everything it's got a positive and a negative you know so obviously you'd mm. like um 
uh, there's biodegradable plastics now that you could argue that just allow people to litter more and that they, they take, I think they take a, a long time That's to biodegrade point, as well. Yeah. Um, they take a long time to biodegrade anyway. Um, mm. So yeah, my my ethos is always the same. Try and minimize the amount of plastic you use, but whether that's compostable, biodegradable, whatever, because it gets you into the swing of thinking, actually, I'm going to try using different materials. Or I'm, if, you're, if you're a designer or I'm going to, I'm going to avoid um, buying in bulk in a supermarket and get four apples in with plastic liner. I'm just going to buy four separate apples. Um, it, that makes no sense to me why they put it in those. I think it's to do with contamination. Yeah, well, I think it's to do with making us buy more. I think maybe and it's, it's definitely to do with being able to ship in bulk as well obviously mm, um, yeah. and they don't come apart and they don't get bruised more as easily but um yeah it i've always believed that it's kind of everything grows from the bottom up so if we can get a large proportion of the, the consumer uh, side including us of course that we start saying actually i'm not gonna i'm not gonna yeah. support plastic anymore it's supply and demand at the end of the day so if we say if the demand's not there and we say no to plastic um or at least minimize the amount of plastic we use then they have to change. Yeah, exactly. You would hope, and especially, you know, with with everything sort of on hold, hopefully it's been time for consumers to sort of notice how much plastic they're using. I was part of the Everyday Plastic Survey the other week, and um, also for the producers to have a bit of a rethink because just something's got to change with this, really, hasn't it? And um, you've got you've got your favourite reusable, you know, other materials to use instead of plastic. We talked about cork glass and steel the straws are made from but also hemp's in there yeah hemp hemp is in there hemp is a hemp's fantastic plant really it's it grows very very quickly and it's really really strong so hemp's used in i think it's from like carpet sizal carpets it's got hemp in um and then i've noticed that there's there's people making sunglasses out of hemp now from different strains of it and things so um yeah hemp's hemp's very much uh, a material to watch I, i i guess and it's one that I actually want to pursue with uh, a clothing side. I think hemp is probably a better um, option than cotton. Yeah. Why? Why is that? Do you think? I think, I think it's to do with the fact that it doesn't actually. Well, you don't require pesticides and herbicides for it to grow effectively. Um, wow. Obviously, with you can get organic cotton, but cotton mm. typically is not is non-organic. Mm. And obviously, with herbicides and pesticides, at the end of the day, that's something unnatural that ends up in the waterways and. There is evidence to suggest that that actually does cause uh, wildlife harm. So mm. hemp doesn't need that to grow. Um, it, but the, the problem with hemp is I think it's uh, very prevalent, so it can actually have a, a detrimental effect. It's not kind of um, housed correctly, yeah. if you like, from where it's grown. So, so, yeah, I think that's why if you can get, if you can minimise sort of pesticides, herbicides, saving the insects, saving things, um, wildlife in the, in, in the waterways, yeah, yeah, I think that's a better solution. Yeah, and I suppose I always feel like, oh, everyone's getting more and more knowledgeable about these kind of things. But then I wonder whether it's just because, obviously, you with your company and me with this podcast, like maybe we're we're a little bit more attuned to it. Do you think? Yeah, I think I, I do think the word is getting out there. And the when I first started, there wasn't as much in the main papers about about these kind of things, and they do seem to be um, responding um, a bit more and understanding. And I've also, I'm, I'm, I'm a part of Plastic Free Groups on Facebook and last year, and there's been huge growth in those. So something's changing. Absolutely, mm-hmm. something's changing. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's part of, that's what it's mainly about, to be honest. It's, it's not about the products. It's about getting the message out. Um, and then if the, if the products and you want to support our brand as well, that, and that comes part and parcel with it, that's, then that's fantastic. Yeah, the message is the key, you know. 
Yeah, we were talking to Birdsong um, on the last episode, uh, which is a fashion brand, but at the same, at, at its heart, it's about social enterprise and it's about, you know, um, giving women work and a voice and, you know, sustainable living that's ethical. And I suppose it's almost kind of the same thing with you. Like the real message is not the product, it's sort of everything that's gone into making that product. You know what I mean? Would that be fair to say? Yeah, it's yeah. The message carried with the product, and then um, the the choice that by somebody purchasing the product, they've already made the choice to say, actually, I'm going to choose reusable this time over single use. Yeah. Um, and uh, you get quite a lot of people that kind of say, well, what's the point in a straw? Um, we don't need straws, um, and that's true. You don't. You physically yeah. you don't need a straw to have a drink. Absolutely. But I, I I'm a believer that people seeing other people using reusable products in general spreads the word about reusable products. So. Mm. I think if you see someone else doing it, you're kind of inspired. Like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, say no to that plastic straw, no to that plastic bag, no to that chewing gum from a friend. I'm just yeah. gonna um, use my own reusable products instead. Yeah, totally. And your company's sort of like ethos is that you're saying you want to inspire a reuse culture, not throwaway culture. And you do talk a lot in like your blogs and on your social media account about the seven R's of sustainability. So, oh, right, yeah. do you? What are your sort of like tips then when you sort of come across someone who wants to be more plastic conscious what are the sort of things that you always say to start with so i think the first step is to well like the first step to any problems knowing there is one so anyone coming to ask you the question is fantastic um i think without i think people think the plastic free journey involves having to spend money um oh i need to spend money on a new reusable stainless steel bottle i need to buy a new reusable stainless steel um container i need to buy new plastic free um shampoo and you, you that's not really the first step the first step is thinking what can i actually reduce in my life so that's the reduce aspect but also refuse is one of the the key ones that is often not touched on enough it's would you like a would you like a, a bag with that no thanks um, i'm okay i brought my own um even as i said before with the chewing gum would you like some chewing gum? no it's got plastic in i'm gonna yeah. i'm just gonna say no to that so it's it's, I think that's the first step because in the refuse um, stage, you're also teaching yourself about what actually does contain plastic and you get a better knowledge as to what not to buy. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree with that, actually. And, and you're the first person that made me think this, but the refuse is the first step because it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost you anything to say no to those things. No, and I've, it's not an excuse for people. It's kind of, I think it's just people think that you need to spend money um, to start yeah. a plastic-free journey. and. Yeah, as you say, the reality of it is that you don't. You just need to be smart in what you say no to. Yeah, um, but obviously, do remember your reusable bags, unlike me the other day. Exactly, exactly. Eggs and bread and flowers down the road. Oh, don't even it. talk to me about that. Yeah, I've dropped. I have dropped stuff um, at the hands of saying no, <laughs> no to like plastic bags and things. But I know I feel like such an idiot as well. Um, other people will be like, "Oh, should we get a coffee?" And I'm like. So I don't have my cup, so it's a no. But it's not the end of the world, you know. I, as of yet, I have not died from need of coffee. So, well, we congratulations. Go. Thank you, thank you. Yes, um, you also talked about like making your own reusables. Is that something you're like working on in the future? You can yeah. So about? I think making your own reusable products is is definitely something that you can try. Uh, it's it's great to know that you can actually build make things from home. I know that you can make um, shampoos and, and things. It's, if you've got the time, of course, yeah. um, it's a great thing to do. Um, facial wipes is a really key one. So if you've got... Oh, uh, they're so bad. They're so bad for the environment. And they're also so bad for your face. Sorry. I like a bit of skincare and I, I'm, I'm a massive like... The, oh, the so you're, you're, no, you're no to reusable f- face wipes. 
Uh, oh yeah, no, I love the reusable. Oh ones. right, like right, the okay. Plas- the plastic ones drive me mad. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can basically, I, I've, I've think um, seen people doing it as well, where they've got like bags of clothes that they're going to take um, or throw away, um, which you can you can just create a new product from it. You can cut mm-hmm. them into shapes and then sew two pieces together and then use it as a face wash, like my cellophane or whatever whatever girls use to reuse makeup. <laughs> I'm not going to claim to be an okay, expert on makeup wise. <laughs> um, and then beeless wax wrap you can make. Obviously, beeswax wraps are really, really popular, but there's actually a vegan alternative as well, which you can make. Um, and that's yeah. about, there is, yeah. Um, so you get a dry organic fabric um, and then pine resin and caranuba wax. So they're not the, they're not the, the typical things you're going to go to sort of your local supermarket and pick up. But you can get, you can get anything the on the internet these days. <laughs> exactly well everything pretty much off the internet these days isn't it yeah um and then you basically i think you heat them in a saucepan for for a long time and then they kind of infuse into um the dried cotton fabric that you have and then you you uh, if they're not if there's dry spots within there you kind of paint it back on and put it into the oven until it's totally covered and then you can use them to cover your food and things um, totally vegan that's brilliant is this all the sort of stuff that you've been finding out about for your blog because i know there's there's quite a lot of information on there isn't there yeah, I, it's, it's funny you ask about that. I um, thought a while ago that and with the time that, that I've got my free time, I'd like to get more of a message out. And I think that writing a blog post is really good, um, especially if you put me in Facebook groups, people respond to them as positives and people are asking, you know, how do, how do I do that? And there's some negative stuff that you need to work on as well. But it's something, um, yeah, doing the research is something that I found quite enjoyable um, and working out where we could take the brand in the future. Um, and who we can help along the way. Yeah, that was one of the questions I was going to ask about, and I know you've touched on it a few times so far, but is there anything that you can talk to us a little bit more about that you're hoping for the future product-wise and company-wise? Yeah, so obviously we're, we're quite small at the moment. I am going to say, hand on heart, that I'm probably the smallest uh, company that we've had on Age of Plastic podcast. Put that on the website. <laughs> yeah, yeah, smallest company ever to be on Age of Plastic podcast. I'm sure that'll be fantastic. Yeah, I'll get that straight on. Um, but no, we. I want to start. I want to start giving stuff back as quickly as I can. So I want to start supporting people, creative people, um, and giving them a voice for what they want to do as well. So we've got a few local artists um, which we want to support, and we're exploring the um, clothing side, and maybe try and support and create eco-friendly clothing at the same time. Um, that would be a, a really good thing to do. Yeah. And, and also, if we can um, start linking with some, some charities or that we, that we um, support um, to give um, money back to them during the process, that would be great as well. Amazing. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I, I think that it's a difficult time for everyone, especially the arts as well. So I think that's a really lovely, lovely thing that you're sort of like supporting the arts as well locally. Um, and if anyone's like, sounds brilliant, let's get in touch. Where can people find you, Sam? So... Mainly on Instagram and Facebook, you can find us. We're at YSIP. Um, it'd be great if you could follow us on Instagram. We've 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 only just recently started on there, um, so we'd love to get a boost from that. And mm-hmm. they're the main two. You can obviously find us on our website as well, um, and some of our blog posts, which is www.ysip.co.uk. And yeah, that's where you can find us. Great. And you know this bit's coming because we talked about it, obviously. But time yeah. for the important two questions I always ask every guest. Um, plastic, as we've discussed, is a great material. We're just using it incorrectly. But is there any non-single-use plastic item in your life that you really couldn't live without, Sam? 
yeah, I was really struggling with this actually. Um, but there's there's plenty of ones that you probably can't live without at the moment. It's obviously, the laptop that I'm on at the moment is made out of primarily plastic itself. The electronics in it were plastic. The actual chips have got like silicon, which is like semi-plastic, I think. Yes, yeah. Um, so, but I think my my one is I always listen to music or podcasts like yourself um, or everything. So mine's mine's got to be my earphones. I'm I'm always I've always got them in. Um, my ones have actually a wood, but obviously. You can't fully get away with it. Yeah, they are. They're, they're wood on the outside, um, but there are plastic parts of it as well. Um, yeah. yeah, you can't fully escape it, can you? No, maybe they should try and work out like a, a cord that's made of cork if you get it. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I would be I would be amazingly impressed if that if that could occur. <laughs> that'll be yeah, that'll be huge. Um, Sam and as always, we ask our guests finally your environmental hero, please. Yeah, so I, I, there's quite a few that I wanted to talk about, but I think one of the most, um, perhaps the most obvious or famous one is Sir David Attenborough. He's 90, 90 odd, I think 94 now. Um, and recently I know that he, well, obviously before the um, situation with this, he went to the, he did his filming for Blue Planet and I saw um, albatrosses um, eating plastic and giving it to their sort of, uh, the young albatrosses, like the kid, uh, um, chips and yeah. I, I just thought, well, that's huge. It was really impactful. And then he took some of the plastic that he found within an albatross that had died to the government and said, look, look at this problem. Um, so he's uh, an environmental hero of mine. And yeah. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd love to get a message out like he has. Fantastic. Really wishing that I hadn't given up on science at school now, aren't you? Uh, please do get in contact if you want to get into business with me and Sam on some cork earphone cables can't really see it happening can you why sips details as always are going to be in the show notes okay not an eco life hack today sorry guys i lied um i want to talk about the protests that are happening across the u.s and across the world um sparked by the death of an unarmed black man george floyd in the u.s and they're all about police brutality and systematic racism so i am a privileged white woman That's uncomfortable to say, but it's true. I wanted to have diverse guests on this podcast from the start. I know I have failed, but I will try and do better. Um, I'm asking if you haven't already to maybe look at the diversity of your social feeds. Make sure you're following black environmental activists and companies and supporting them. I've mentioned Arja Barber and Little Miss Flint on the podcast before, and I will link to them in the show notes. And if you're listening to this in the UK... And you think systematic racism, police brutality, these are issues for the US. Things are different here in the UK. I highly recommend a book I've read called Why I Am No Longer Talking to White People About Race. It's by Rene Edo Lodge. You can download it to your phone to read for £8.99. I think the cheapest I could find was Google Play for £4.53. I'll link in the show notes. I've also downloaded a book by Afwa Hirsch called Brit-ish on race, identity and belonging, which I've been meaning to read for ages. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Okay, that's it. That's the episode. I'll carry on the conversation as always. Age of Plastic podcast on Instagram. And I will see you and chat to you and another guest on the next episode. Until then, keep safe. Sips.